It's football and other F-words. We're sponsored by Bluegrass Beverages. He's Mike. I'm Zach. We're going to be getting right into that. But first, Bluegrass Beverages, if you need to find champagne bottles to pop in favor and celebration of Mike Vrabel being gone and the evolution arriving, head to Bluegrass Beverages in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And if you need to drink your sorrows away because you're you're sad that the caveman is gone, go ahead, go to Bluegrass Beverages and Drink your sorrows away. They got something for everybody on the Mike Vrabel emotional spectrum. He's Mike Curtin. You can read an article that he has coming out about uh, the, I guess, what is your article about? You mentioned Diana Rossini's reporting, but what is this article actually about besides Mike Vrabel's firing, obviously? Yeah, so I mean, most of the the intro is really about Vrabel's firing, the process, um, questions about ownership, things like that. But then I get a, a, the meat of the article gets into potential replacements. We're going to have all kinds of stuff at Stacking the Inbox because if you were a day one StackingTheInbox.com subscriber, then last year you would remember all the stuff I've done on the reporting of general managers and the offseason and offensive coordinators and all this stuff. Now i got a whole slew of positions to talk about that need to be filled and likely connections and talking about all that and providing you with the best background. StackingTheInbox.com, Pokarski.com for Mike. Mike, after sleeping on it, because you you were it was very reminiscent of the Jets loss in 2021 where you were just like so fucking depressed. You were very emotional yesterday. I wasn't emotional. Uh, I like here's I, what I, I here's what I disagree I, with that. Well, then then maybe you need to work on your wording in your texts and the usage of punctuation because you were pretty distraught. Um, and pretty upset, and maybe not necessarily that Mike Vrabel is gone, but I think the process, and we're gonna the talk about all that stuff. Sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about that. Right. Stop. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. You think I'm just going to leave out the entire thing about the process when we both agree on? That's probably the one thing we probably both agree on. But I'm saying that's what I was upset about. It was not. So you were emotional yesterday. Um, So um, I likened it to I've never seen this many white people complain about something so stupid. Not the process, but you're talking about the interviews at the time. Since people were asked to wear masks during a pandemic. That's going to get me in a lot of trouble, I'm sure, in the comments right now. But after sleeping on it, give us a very because we're going to talk about everything okay so so give us a very brief overview now that you're 24 hours practically removed a very brief overview of your thoughts on mike vrabel not being the tight set catcher not the process not the fact he was fired versus traded but just him not being the head coach anymore i still think it's a mistake i i I think he's a good football coach i think he's one of the better football coaches in the nfl now we can talk about like whether he he wanted too much power, that kind of thing. I think those are separate questions, but as far as who is coaching the Tennessee Titans football team, I think the odds of them hiring someone better than him are slim. I mean, and to put it in perspective, the Titans have had 19 coaches. Their Titans slash Oilers have had 19 coaches in franchise history. Rabel has won more than all but two of them, uh, Jeff Fisher and, and Bum Phillips. So just by pure odds, you know, the history tells you that they're they're more than likely to find a worse coach than a better coach. So we'll see what happens. Like it's possible they do find someone better. It's not like Mike Vrabel is without flaws, but yeah, I, I wake up today still thinking that this was a mistake and and a rash decision on Amy Adams' strong part. Ooh, man, I wish you wouldn't have said that last thing because that's kind of like I want to talk about that later. Uh, well, well, so let's get I want to talk about the process. OK, okay. so um, and for all those that may be in the comments, I don't know if we'll have time to get to your comments, but I maybe we'll jot them down after the show and maybe we can do something with that on a later episode. But uh, 
let's start with the process. I fully 100% agree that, and I have talked about this with Easton separately. Uh, we talked about last week that Amy Adams drunk has had a lot of bad processes that have led to good results. Yes. That luck is at some point going to run out. That luck ran out yesterday for the how they handled the press conferences. So that's a bad process, bad result. But more often than not, her bad processes, depending on how you view the process, led to bad results. So going back to Mike Malarkey, um, she let John Robinson, according to Corey Curtis, kind of dictate that, hey, I don't want Mike Malarkey. I want Mike Vrabel. He's become available. We need to hire Mike Vrabel. Let's push Mike Malarkey out with some bullshit reason. Okay? That is what has been said there. That's Is that a bad process? I, you may disagree, but I kind of feel like an owner letting someone else steer the ship. But, you know, she was new. So maybe that's not a bad process in your opinion. It, but hire John Robinson in the middle of a season, and it maybe doesn't cause a losing streak, but that's something you could have done at the end of the year. And then you go into last year, or go into this past year, you allegedly told Mike Vrabel that his guy, Ryan Cowden, which is a bad choice on Mike Vrabel's part, his guy, Ryan Cowden, uh, was going to get the job. And then you go through the proper procedure for the Rooney Rules, which involves the league giving you a list of players that you have to interview. And you actually interviewed roughly, I think it was uh, five minority candidates, two in-house candidates, and one random white guy, like how I put it. And that was Adam Peter. But he's not random. But Well, he didn't even get into the interview. He declined it. He declined, I think, was the only one that declined the interview. So fuck that white guy. Um, he goes in, and she does all of this, okay? And she hires, she ends up not involving Mike Vrabel, bad process, and hires Rent Carthon with the idea... And I like that PK has made this big, huge thing of she has been hypnotized and tranced with this idea of maybe building a Super Bowl contender being modern, but she is now forcing a, someone, and I'm adding this to the process now, she's forcing someone not known to adapt, not known to evolve, not want to do things his way, and try to force him to do things differently. And it didn't work out and then kaboom here we are so i think it's an entirely we is she and i i put it like this and i, I know this is long-winded and i haven't got you to answer i put it like this i blame amy adam strong for a lot of things that have not worked out in this whole situation she has bad processes. She's, but she is new. She's allowed to make mistakes. I mean, technically, I guess an NFL owner shouldn't be allowed to make mistakes, but they make mistakes. I mean, everybody does. But she has to start learning from them. If she, she doesn't learn from them this year, she can't fire herself. Maybe she could sell the team or the team could force her, but she's going to have to learn from her bad processes sometime. And, she, and the presser, was just another bad process and bad result. And I think I have found the worst take of 2024 already from Jared Stillman. And he says that the PR department at the Tennessee Titans was great. <laughs> it's great. No, because that is, that is them. <laughs> That's their job is to not make yesterday happen. Well, I mean, to be fair to the PR department, that like if, if Amy says, well, I'm not going to go do a, a presser, Sin ran, there's not a whole lot they can do <laughs> to, to make her go. They could strongly advise her to. I hope they did. Um, but I would highly doubt it. 
uh, yeah, but yeah, maybe they didn't. Um, anyways, I, I would say this. I agree. Her processes from a hiring and firing of coaches and GMs has been awful from the jump. And I don't really give her the, well, she's new excuse right now because she's been doing this for nine years. Like she, she took over the controlling owner role in 2015. Um, and then she obviously fired Russ and Webster. She fired, uh, Kim well, did she take it over in the 2016 year. So is it really no, nine years? No, it's, it's nine years. It, she took over in 2015. Because uh, she was in charge when they fired Wizenhunt in 2015. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I yeah. got you. Um, so, so she's been doing it for nine years. Anyways, but that whole thing, the, the firing of Russell Webster and Ken Wizenhunt are the cleanest firings or hirings that this franchise has had since that time. Those both had to happen. We all knew that. The team had gone 5-27 and 27, uh, over their, their last 32 games. Uh, maybe it was less than that because I think Malarkey was actually on the hook for some of those losses towards the end of that year as the interim guy. But then we get into the 2016 offseason, and it's it comes out, and of course we know a lot more now later, but even at the time the process felt terrible in that she said, okay, whoever the GM is has to be okay with Mike Malarkey being the head coach, um, who had failed twice as a head coach before, um, you know, was an older, you know, kind of more old school guy. And look, Malarkey ended up being fine and maybe ended up being the coach that they needed. So maybe, maybe she got it right. But I still think it was a terrible process for her to open up a coaching search with an opening at GM and head coach and force all of the GM candidates to be shoehorned in with this one interim head coach. Um, and even that was a, that was a sham interview process as we've come to find out. Which she has gotten into trouble with the league for Rooney rule stuff because of it, because Mark Malarkey basically came out and said, Hey, I was told I had the job before she even interviewed Ray Horton. Um, so that, that that process, terrible, terrible, technically, yeah, terrible, terrible but I mean, illegal process, bad to good. Let's not add adjectives. Let's keep it simple for the people. Bad process. Good result. Um, okay result. Oh, I'll say okay result. They could have found they went a to the playoffs and changed the entire franchise around with Mike Malarkey. Okay, okay result. They, they could have found result. a better coach Again, than Mike Malarkey. There's all, your only two choices are bad and good in this, Mike. You can't start qualifying. Oh, bad come on. We're result. not going to do the hot take. Yeah, no, that's not hot take. That's only. how that's, that's how that actually. That's how that actually that scientific method or whatever you want to use is actually derived. It's bad process, good results, good results, bad pro. You know all that. There, stuff, there are shades bad. of gray. You can have an okay result. You can it have is. shades of gray, but we don't need to get into that kind of shades of gray just because you want to downplay, which you have never done before. What Mike Malarkey has done for this team, all of a sudden because Mike Rabel got fired. I think Mike Malarkey did a lot of good things for this team. I'm not downplaying that. I'm it was saying a good that, result. Like, could they have? Found a better coach? Yes, I think they probably could have with a better process. Anyways, moving on to the next uh, the next situation. Obviously, she comes out and gives a public vote of confidence to Malarkey one week before turning around and firing him. Um, and look, she soft-pedaled it, saying, like, he is going to be the coach here in the future, and we're excited about what we're building. Uh, you know, obviously, she only meant the future as in six days, um, you know, from the time of that statement. But... It, it doesn't make her look good when she does stuff like that. And I know Malarkey was pushing for a vote of confidence and publicly complaining about lack of support from the team. I get that. 
Uh, Crazy that the PR team, this great PR team didn't catch this this but, problem. <laughs> but again, like the fact that that there were rumors swirling around the league that he was going to be out before they even got into the playoffs was bad. It was bad management. Like whether that's Amy's fault or John Robinson's fault, I don't know. But it, somebody was putting that out there. Um, and it got back to Mike, Mike Malarkey and created the whole situation where she had to give him a vote of confidence before he goes and loses a playoff game. And then she fires him. It just makes him but look to be fair. Aimless, how many right? times have we've heard owners, GMs, head coaches say something and then like a, a week later it gets turned around. Okay. I it's mean, standard it, it, process it ha- in all sports, right? It happens sometimes, but it seems to happen yeah. every time with the Titans, which is what I'm about to get to, because then she comes in and she fires John Robinson mid season, creates a distraction unnecessarily, as you mentioned, bad process there even though i think firing robinson was justifiable uh um, yeah and and you know i think that maybe the i had thought that the best process so far was the hiring of brand carthon because she cast a wider net she had a more traditional interview process um it you know obviously brable was going to stay as the head coach but it seemed like that process was good until we come to later find out that Vrabel wasn't really even involved in the interview process despite the fact that she was... I don't know, probably good reason, it sounds like. Maybe, but I mean, if I guess my problem is that if you are going to to try to do an arranged marriage thing where you're going to bring in a GM that Vrabel has no ties to, no relationship with, and make them work together and, and put it into the situation where like there's no defined like you know hierarchy between the two... Yeah, now that that is that is a separate process from that. But like, I just, a lot of people think Mike Vrabel's earned a lot of things, and and that maybe not necessarily this is not the hill that probably want to die on. But I I disagree at the big the big arching premise that Vrabel has earned a bunch of things. Yeah, we can we can. But he has earned at least the respect not to be lied to because he's a big trust and relationship guy, and and not to again be kind of like i guess he needed to be involved from the get-go and just and like i was, said there on yesterday's show rank carthon has to be involved in the get-go and it seems that he is then that's what it needed to be it didn't need to be well ryan cal i think mike Vrabel needed to be in the interview process to see that ryan calden was not as good as Rand carthon like it, as far as the interview process itself like right i just don't think ryan calden had a good grasp on anything he was the right hand man of the guy you just fired so I, and that I guy was totally inept i didn't hey, hey, I, okay i didn't want cowden either but to say he's totally inept like we have no idea i like, said john I mean, robinson is totally inept okay i said i doubt that and i doubt that the, the guy that's that was totally inept's right hand man is going to be good for the job yeah i mean i i'm not i'm not saying that i wanted cowden or anything like that but we don't know like we don't know if cowden would have been better or not um all we can do is surmise from looking at like how their bosses performed in in jobs and stuff like that right so um which you know if you've ever had a boss before you you know are you always exactly the same as your as your boss and have the same ideas and and think you would perform the same in that job I probably don't think so. Um, but anyways. Well, he hasn't impressed any of the other teams that have interviewed him either. Well, so. that's true, too. I mean, I, I think there's <laughs> there's that's a valid point. Um, but anyways, I, the point isn't that I think Cowden should have gotten the job. The point is that I think if she told Vrabel that Cowden was going to get the job and then went back on that, yes. that's a huge error on her part. 100% um, And I think the whole structure of like, 
collaboration and nobody's really in charge. Um, 100% I think was a huge mistake, a huge mistake. And, and it just seemed misguided at the time. Like at the very least you should have had, if you wanted them to collaborate and share control, you still have to define what that control is. Somebody at the end of the day has to make a decision and it can't just be, uh, you know, a pissing match every time uh, there's mm-hmm. disagreement because it's healthy to have disagreement in a coach GM relationship because look, the coach is always going to want to win. Now he's always going to want to have, you know, the best players right now, future be damned. Um, and the GM is probably going to take a It doesn't sound like that, that was the report though, coming out of this whole one person wanted to blow up and one person wanted to glow up. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they disagreed on, on how yeah. that should look. Um, but I, I guess the structure was bad from the jump mm-hmm. and that has Great. now led to the firing of Rabel, who was, I know people are, are, you know, sick and tired of the losing and I get all that. I've been consistent all year that I think Vrabel is a good coach with a terrible roster. And I think good coaches with terrible rosters still have bad results. Sean McVay has had bad results. Kyle Shanahan has had bad, bad results. We talked about this on a show two or three weeks back. If you want to go listen to all the examples that we talked about, go do that. The, the point still stands today. Like it's, I feel the exact same way about Vrabel that I did three weeks ago that I did eight weeks ago that I did in the off season, because I thought that this roster was bad from the jump and nothing that happened this year was a massive surprise to me. Um, you know, short of like Andre Dillard being the worst pass blocker I've ever seen in my life. I thought he'd be better than that. They could have <laughs> had Dennis Kelly, if not for Rand Carthon. Oh, true. Um, but I, I just, so I don't know. I think Vrabel was a good coach with a bad roster. And the fact that, she talks to somebody, maybe not Amy, um, some high-ranking official within the Titans, talks to Diane Ursini seven weeks ago and says, you know, there's one thing that they're clear on, that, that Vrabel is the man to lead the vision for the future and ready, steady Vrabel, right? Like the, that whole uh, report that, that was put out there. And for Can that to change question? seven Do you think it was later, really Amy Adams drunk or do you think no, it was I, Mike Vrabel? <laughs> I, no, I, I I don't think it was Mike Vrabel who put out a report, ready, steady Vrabel. I, I think it was. Uh, I don't know. Coach better play better, ready, steady Vrabel. High ranking official. He seems official, like a guy that likes his like, repetition kind of things like that. High ranking official, I take to mean someone in ownership, uh, someone in the ownership group, which is not think just it's like Amy Adams drunk. Kenneth Adams? Kenneth. Could be Kenneth. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's Tommy. It could be maybe uh, it's, uh Burke. Yeah, it could be Burke Nihil. I I don't know. Like somebody within the the. So you don't think up, it was Amy? Not necessarily. It, it could have okay. been. Like it could have been. I, yeah, I don't know if she has a relationship with with Rossini or not. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know. I guess I my point is over that seven weeks, the Titans went three and four. The results on the field didn't really change. Um. And all of a sudden it goes from the one clear thing that they're unanimous unanimous about is that they have their coach and they are, you know, ready to move forward into the future to he's fired, you know, out on his ass two days after the season. Um, the fact that it, the whiplash from that to that, and also with the background Is that of whiplash John, in the NFL? Cause that sounds like seven, either, seven weeks. Let's say, with that, no, let's say that it was Amy at, at that said that to Diana. Okay. So hypothetically, allegedly or hypothetically this is amy talking to diana ready steady vrabel vrabel's our guy 
Okay, so let's say that's Amy. Is seven weeks later in the NFL, a business that is a fast-paced moving business, two things, two questions. Is that really whiplash and rash? Or is that maybe it was, we want Vrabel to be here, dot, 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 but we have stipulations and parentheses. I, so I, I just don't buy the stipulations thing because if you're Even saying Ian reported the, it today. One, the one clear thing that you're unified <laughs> on is that the vision you have is Vrabel leading this team forward. To me, that's that comes without stipulation. But that doesn't seem like it is the vision, though. <laughs> it's uh, well, I don't, no one knows. Even what, what Diana is. reported today on Robbie and Rex Road is that they wanted him to conform to his to their vision, Rand and Amy's vision, and this is from Diana. And then they did, and then we see what the vision is on words, on paper, from her statement. And because we're going to talk about that stupid ass Preston situation. No, don't worry about that. But we but we see that they were giving him a chance to conform to their vision. And I and that to me could be part of a bad process. Unless you really think that your vision is better than Mike Vrabel's vision. I guess my my problem with that is like, did they not have, have any discussion about what the vision is for the franchise seven weeks ago before that that? quote from Rossini came out like did, were, did they not know that they weren't on the same page all season um I, I think it's possible given I, like, that's why I think heard. it's not Amy or uh, Rand saying that to Rossini I think it's someone that's probably not even inside the building that's probably like you know I mean that's kind of she, what I think it's like a Kenneth Adams or something straight up said high-ranking Titans official yeah in the in the that article, doesn't necessarily which, mean, you could be a high-ranking official in title but not in fo- football operations Right, but I mean, even like, I mean, the the quote being that they were all unanimous in agreement with this. I mean, maybe like one person's opinion was that they were unanimous. I, like, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna yeah. parse that out anymore. But like, at the end of the day, go even going back to last year when she fired John Robinson in the middle of the season, that was a very clear, and we talked about this at the time, statement to everyone that she felt this was a roster problem, not a coaching problem. And for that to have changed, you know, 14 months later after an offseason in which really the roster got worse, um, I, you know, I, I think people will hear that and think I'm a little bit crazy. But, I mean, Ben Jones and, you know, some of these other guys that they lost along the – even Dennis Daly. Dennis Daly was better at left tackle than anything they trotted out there this year. Um, so they got worse at several spots. Now they got better in a few spots too. Um, I don't think it's a huge difference, but the roster's no different. It's not materially different than it was at the end of 2022. So I just don't, you know, I don't know that I've, I feel like Amy is going with, she's kind of siding with the person who has just failed the least recently, you know, and I feel like she's done that several times now and that you know it was malarkey was her guy and then she hired robinson but she really liked what robinson did in the draft so then robinson was her guy and then you know she let him hire Vrabel, but then robinson had some bad drafts so then Vrabel was her guy and and she she goes and chooses well, Vrabel. like and now she's no, carthon was her guy. guy the moment he was hired Car- carthon was her guy carthon moved to the top of the uh oh the top of the top five myspace uh in uh 
uh, her lovable thing. And like, as soon as he was hired, like, but she, I think this swaying back and forth, Diana. Between... Yeah, but according to Diana, when when he was hired, they wanted to see if Rabel could fit their vision, the Carthon and Amy Adams Strunk vision for the team. Can he work with Rand Carthon? Not can Rand Carthon work with Mike Vrabel? And I think again, I can add that to the bad process list because we all know the answer to that question. <laughs> like I believe that we know the answer to that question, and and so I think that that was a bad process. I don't think, and I also think that if that was your idea of a vision, that you wanted to be something different than what you have been, maybe even before you hired Rand Carthon, you should have gone ahead and fired Mike Vrabel. Yeah. That that's just my opinion. I'm a big believer in bringing a GM and a head coach in at the same time is one of my yeah. big things about this whole thing. And I'm not saying that Mike Vrabel even deserved to really be fired last year. And I'm not saying that he really deserved to be fired this year, but I'm saying that if he does not fit your vision, you should have let him go earlier than later. That is what I'm saying. Cause you created an environment with confusion with power struggles, backstabbing, infighting, people undermining Rand Carthon to the media. You you created this environment that nobody found fun to go work at. And and you created it. That is that is on Amy Armstrong. What is also on Amy Armstrong is this entire presser debacle that happened oh yesterday. God. And it was utterly ridiculous and I was really like when I read the the pre the press release i was like yeah. whoa that was damning of mike vrabel like that whole middle section starting with the evolution and innovation and all this kind of stuff i was like wow that's just as damning as what she released about john robinson right yeah you clearly saw a vision right there and then they go into this weird tap dancing of the of just not saying what she already said like, that's all you had to say Yeah. when people ask you, what's the vision for this team? Well, as I said in my statement, um, me and Rand both agree that we want to evolve and innovate to reach a Super Bowl. That's all he had to say in the press conference when he was asked. But this idea that they this this secret game that Amy Adams Trunk is playing is is crazy to me. I, I, I and I don't necessarily blame Rand for anything that really happened in his presser because he was put in a position that he should have never been put into. And I really blame, he should be asked. He should be being asked about more about the personnel stuff. Like it should have been a tandem. Here comes Amy talks about the Vrabel stuff. And maybe a day later, Rand comes and talks about the state of the roster or have them because both at the, the same timing, press conference. Yeah. The, the timing to me. And well, here's why I say that because and here's why I don't put a lot of blame on Rand. So I hope everybody, we have a lot of people, of course, watching, listening. I hope everybody takes this into account. And here's here, heed these words. People are forgetting the human element of what Rand had to go through yesterday. He talked individually to personnel staff members, to coach staff members, and had to have really tough, straightforward conversations, and had to ask really tough or real and answer really probably a lot of uncomfortable questions. He had to face the music, and he did that all damn day yesterday after he found out that the owner was going to fire the coach. 
And then he goes into a presser and has, and then he is hamstrung by ownership and is now having to think carefully and fumble over words and echo the same message that she wants him to echo. And I feel so bad for Rand Carthon right now. And I know many people in the media don't, but I do. And I hope that the people, the fans kind of take that into account. You're basically having one guy do all these exit interviews with people who are loyal to Mike Vrabel. The guy you just, you guys seemingly fired together that you ran and, out and of. And that apparently you had differences of opinion with or yeah. differences of vision with or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then he had to go and do a press conference that he shouldn't be doing. That's why I think he should have waited a day later to do his personnel question. So that's just, the, you know, I think they should have separated. And again, bad process by Amy Adams Strunk. And this time, it definitely equaled a bad result. Her luck ran out. It, it was a terrible press conference. Um, I Look, I get that Rand was in a bad spot. I feel for him in that sense. I, I do. Like I, I think everything you said is is accurate as far as like the emotional toll of the day plus um, being thrown into a, a press conference. He had no business being put forth. Just like Mike Vrabel had no business being put forth Last year when John Robinson was fired, his boss had been fired, right? Like, and you want him to go answer questions from the media about why. Um, and same thing about Rand Carthon. His boss got fired and he had to go and answer questions. Well, yeah, or maybe not boss. We don't really know. Nobody knows uh, who's in charge of what or anything like that around there. It's too secretive to be able to trust the the media or the fans to to even know who is deciding things. Um, because that might give away some sort of competitive edge, you know, right? Um, but it, I, yeah, I think it was terrible that he was put in that situation. It was a huge, I mean, like, I get that Amy Armstrong does not love facing the media, is not comfortable in that setting. I understand that, but at some point, that is her job. And if she's going to make Arthur Blank the, just a couple of days ago did it. If she is going to make the big decisions, then she has to face the big questions, right? Like that is that he, comes he, with the territory. The like if you don't want to do it don't handcuff the guy that you're sitting out there in front of the firing squad right right all right yeah let him speak freely or i mean who knows i i don't know if she told him not to say anything i'm sure she told him you know hey we don't want to trash variable whatever like and i don't expect him to trash variable that's the thing too like i think carthon's performance in the press conference was not good and i understand like he was in a bad spot to begin with but like still the fumbling over like well, we can't really share what the vision is right now. Now's not the time to do That's directly what? from Amy. That is, that's fucking stupid. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. but like, come up with something better to say than like, we can't share yeah. that with you right now. Because it makes everyone think, fairly or unfairly, that you don't have a vision. That y'all are flying by the seat of your pants. That you're going to make up the Will vision based on vision? whoever you hire as head coach, you know? <laughs> And then they've already said what the vision is too. Like that's the other thing. But will will there be like a a statement or an article from Jim White or something where they maybe do another sit down with Mike Keith and then they share the vision before they even hire the head coach? Because they're getting a lot of blowback on the vision thing. Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. Even though that we know what the vision is. Like I mean, my, my issue is. Well, I mean, what what we do you need to know Bowl. that they want to? Huh. They well, they, we know they want so to evolve else. and innovate the offense. That's what we exactly know. That's what they said. They want to evolve and innovate. They want that whole paragraph is your vision statement. 
Like, I think I we, think that's we, the closest thing we have to it. But they could be, they could give us a little bit better answers on that. Yeah, or, I, mean, I mean, sure, even, they could go in depth and detail and stuff like that. But no, no, if, no, I'm not if, even. If all you wanted was something simple like, oh, we want to win a Super Bowl, you got that. Like, no, I, I mean, did. you got you didn't get that. In, you didn't get that yeah. in the in the, in the pressers, but you got that in what I'm saying is you got that. Some sort of so coherent what are the statement chances? that everyone is on the same page with would be nice. As far as yeah, we know that this is the roadmap to a Super Bowl, and this is where we are going. I, that is and I, what and I, think I you, want. We, we know what that is. I just, grass, and please. she said it in that paragraph. She's totally said that in that paragraph. But I, I agree that the, I don't understand the, the reasoning or, or or whatever behind not just repeating that paragraph when you're asked a question. Yeah, and and, and I think the other that answers problem, the question. Right. The other problem I have with the Rand Carthon interview part of this is that he was, I mean, to me, like, either obviously lying about the Vrabel relationship and how good it was and how every oh, I got a good analogy for this, and, I lived this. and how all this, all, you know, everything was great. Everything was, we loved each other. He's a, you know, my best friend, all, all this stuff. When there have been reports after reports after reports that that's not true. And if he was like doing such an awesome job collaborating, then why isn't he here today? Like, those those answers to me just rang of total bullshit and i i don't expect him to trash Vrabel or say no i you know we had a terrible re- relationship and blah 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 all i expect him to say is yeah we had disagreements about things and and you know i we worked together um we had a good working relationship but yeah there were disagreements that's all i want i don't want you know, I don't need you to give me specifics. I don't need you to tell me that you wanted to trade Kevin Byard and he did And didn't. again, they already said that uh, in the Teron Davenport interview from, from on ESPN.com when again, Teron released why, it a couple of weeks ago. They they said it. You've already said it. Why can't you say it again? Right. Like say that, it, that's what I'm saying. Don't lie to me, I'm saying why you know? can't you say it again? Right. Like well, that screams to me that Amy was very involved in what Rand could and couldn't say. But I will say this. You can have, because Diana Rusini reported that they had a good relationship from everything we've heard around the league. You can have a good relationship and not work well together. You can yeah. have a good relationship well, outside like a the thing and not work well together. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately, I think that's where we're at in this. I think that everybody's using the term relationship when they say maybe working, they should define working relationship or how'd you guys work together or this or that. You know, and 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 I know that people did in the presser yesterday, but my my big thing is is like you already it's already in print some of the stuff that you're refusing to answer. Like I do not understand that. That's why to me it's like Amy is like puppet mastering or doing something or thinking this is the way that it needs to be done and it doesn't need to be done that way. So uh, I, I see Gary K- Kester did put this up and I said I wasn't going to get in the chat, but he goes, but I think they didn't want candidates to just repeat the vision in interviews. If you can't, if your bullshit meter's that bad, <laughs> like you, I mean, come on, come on. Uh, I mean, he, he, that that's that's a bigger looming issue. And I think the question, I want to ask you this. So you think it was a? Do you think it was a? When you say you thought it was a rash decision, yeah. Do you think? What do you mean by that? Do you mean like she made it in twenty four hours, or do you mean like eh, seven weeks? To me, is not a long time. 
Yeah, I, I just think for a big decision like that, um, one that changes the entire course of your your franchise, um, seven weeks is a pretty short time period when the results on the field have not changed, right? Like the results on the field were, if anything, maybe a little bit better than what they'd been for most of the last year. Um, you know, going back to the start of the seven game losing streak, they were three and four. They beat the Dolphins. They they beat the Jaguars. They uh, you know they beat the Panthers, of course, which I'm not going to give them any flowers oh, for that. Um, but you went three and four down the stretch. But we also knew this was the easiest statement. part of their schedule too, right? Like we all knew that heading into this, it was, the yeah, but they part didn't, the they didn't No, it wasn't, but it didn't turn out to be the, easiest we did part say of that schedule. on the show, that this was going to be the easiest it, it, before part the, the season. And then we saw how good the Texans and the were and we saw how good, you know, other teams were down the stretch. Um, and the dolphins, you know, were one of the better teams in the league. They wouldn't beat them in Miami. They beat the Jaguars who had a division title to win. Um, in, in the final Someone game, should have told them that. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. But I, I just think, yeah, it, their performance on the field was as good or better than it was the whole season. So I just don't. I I feel like this comes down, and that's why I, my bullshit detector goes off when they say stuff like, "Oh, well, we were totally aligned. We were totally in lockstep." Well, then why yeah. was why was Rabel fired? Because if the results on the field were okay seven weeks ago and he was the future seven weeks ago and now he's not, something has changed and it's not the results on the field. So to me, it, it is that's what I consider it, making it a rash decision. I think I think it was it was either an alignment deal, which if so, they should just come out and say it. That there, there's nothing damning about directly saying, saying not not allude to it right. like they do in a statement but directly say it yes say we Rabel and amy and you're Rand. asking a lot to have fans and media actually have nuance we have we've talked about this on the show a lot and you're asking you're asking this fan base to infer from a written statement and to and kind of piece together their own evidence to and to easily so a question to e something you can easily answer. And I think that's and, asking and, a lot. And this is something Gentry Estes uh, with the Tennessean wrote an awesome article, in my opinion, eh, that, that went into this. And it is a habit of this franchise uh, at this point um, that the, the, all this stuff is like cloak and dagger and state secrets. And like they can't ever tell the media or the fans anything because that would be, you know, just crazy if you if you let them in on what is happening with this franchise that you're asking them to live and die for and pay thousands of dollars for PSLs for and pay thousands of dollars in season tickets and buy merch and buy gear and, you know, go show up every Sunday. It would be crazy to let them in a little bit on like what your vision is for <laughs> their franchise moving forward. Cause at the end of the day, you know, the fans finance everybody's salary in this, right? Like the, this is all built on the back of fans showing up, fans being supportive of, of the team. And I understand they are not obligated to do that contractually as far as give us any information, but understanding what this fan base has been through recently, it might buy them a little bit of goodwill to just say, look, we're going to be transparent with you guys. This is what we're doing. This is why we're making these moves and making, you know, moves that like, it'd be one thing if Frable was just awful his entire time here and it was clear he needed to go, but like he took a team and this is ultimately why I still believe he's a good football coach. And I think he'll be a good football coach wherever he lands. He took a team that had Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. Nobody here thinks Ryan Tannehill is an elite quarterback or a top five quarterback or, or, you know, 
comparable to Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, any of these other star quarterbacks around the league, Joe Burrow, you know, whoever. Um, he took that team and was just as good as those teams with those star quarterbacks over a three-year stretch, basically. From 2019 to 2021, they were right there with the Chiefs, with the Bills, with the Ravens, with, you know, these other teams that are consistently at the top of the conference, at the top of the NFL record-wise. And he was competing with them. Ryan Tannehill went five and three against the combination of Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen head-to-head, including playoff games. Did he do okay, that so, because he's so you, a better quarterback or because they had better rosters? Or did they do that because Vrabel was a damn good coach? I think if Vrabel was a damn good coach. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think that – what do you think of this idea of being historically mediocre versus do you think that this team is 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 – do you think this team is content with being mediocre? Because I would argue that this current iteration of the Tennessee Titans are obviously not content with being mediocre. No. Depend on your level of mediocre, but they are trying to get to a Super Bowl and their moves dictated ever since Amy Armstrong. You fire playoff head coach to get Mike Vrabel. You fire a struggling uh, general manager like Rustin Webster and you, and you successfully get John Robinson who apparently was way in over his head in 2016. And we may be overinflating 2019 or everything else but 2019. I think 2019 is appropriately inflated. But you from then you fire him to because you got the roster. did a really nice yeah. job. Yeah, from 2018 and a half to 2019 maybe. Uh, I don't know. In 2016, I'm, is, I'm, I'm still giving him some credit there. Oh, yeah, because the Kevin Doc pick was so great that he desperately wanted and didn't even want Derrick Henry. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, listen, um, this guy fucking just is inept. I mean, John Robson was inept. And he clearly started struggling, right? And so she got rid of him. And then here we go. Mike Vrabel has struggled these last few years. We, we have to results-based business. There's a lot of context surrounding it, but Mike Vrabel, he himself, has struggled. Some of the choices of his own or of his own choosing that have caused a struggle, but he has struggled and they make a move to move off from someone because they're not content with the state of where the franchise is currently at and think that Rand Carthon can be the guy and every move, everybody has gotten better, but it's only been better for a short period of time. So do you think that it's fair to view this decision as well, this franchise is historically mediocre, so this decision is mediocre. No, because I don't think I don't. John Robinson showed that this is not historically, or there, the Kurt, Amy Amstruck is not content with being mediocre. No, I, I think she absolutely wants to win, and I think it's unfair to criticize her, you know, drive to succeed. I think she very clearly wants to succeed. Now, whether she's doing the right things to get there or not, I think is clearly debatable, but um, I think she's invested a ton of money, a ton of time, a ton of resources into this team. She's here's like, we've said a lot of critical things about Amy in this podcast already. So I do want to make this clear. She has spent a shit ton of money at St. Thomas sports park, not just, you know, renovating and adding on to the team facilities, but bringing in, you know, modern state of the art, you know, culinary people, you know, like nutrition folks, sports science people, like all kinds of stuff that is not on the coaching staff or, you know, in the scouting staff. 
a lot of the support staff that helps this team run day to day, she has invested a ton of money in expanding and modernizing. Because if you listen to like Jake Locker and Matt Hasselbeck talk about like what the Titans Even nutrition Washington. staff was. Nate Washington went to bat to, for Amy Adams drunk last night against fans. Yeah. Well, and, and compared to like other places that they'd been, they said it was a joke, right? Like the Titans literally were a joke from uh, that standpoint before Amy got here. It's not a joke anymore. She's, she's brought it up to NFL level. Um, she's got a new stadium deal. She brought the draft here and made it a smashing success in 2019. She's done a lot of things, right? I just think her processes with hiring and firing GMs and head coaches has not been great now. And I'll admit this too. The results have been pretty good. Like, I mean, she fired Rustin Webster, hired John Robinson, John Robinson for all his faults, unquestionably better than, than Rustin Webster. She fired, uh, you know, Wisenhunt Malarkey, Malarkey unquestionably better. Goes from Malarkey to Vrabel, Vrabel unquestionably better. Um, and then she goes from Robinson to Carthon. It's way too early for me to say Carthon is unquestionably better than John Robinson. But, you know, there's some things that I like that that Carthon brings to the table, like the analytics uh, angle of things. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, he's he's got, you know, he does seem to have an open mind to, you know, bringing in other ideas and collaborating and, and trying to kind of put a big mixing pot together rather than being the, the uh, you know, football king uh, like John Robinson, uh, you know, apparently, you know, ran his uh, scouting department as. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of positives, but it does seem like they're, they're moving incrementally in the right direction, at least. So right. um, I mean, and they could do yeah, that. I, again. I think a lot of it, I think a lot of people think that she's like her dad. No, and no, I no, no, disagree. Different. Don't you? I, I mean, I, in her decision making process, I think she's completely different because I think Bud, I think Vrabel and John Robinson would both be here if Bud was still around. Like, I think yeah. that if everything else happened, let's say Bud raised from the grave at 2018, he was like, Oh, I'm back. I, I faked my death. Fuck you guys. I faked my death. Um, and he's back and he, I'm here to take control. Just needed a break. To me, I feel like Vrabel and John Robinson would both still be here. Yeah, I I could see that. I mean, he definitely hung on to coaches longer, um, you know, in general. And, and, you know, I think they were completely different as far as their level of investment. Like, Amy has also empowered John Robinson. Part of the reason they've been in cap hell this past year was because she empowered John Robinson to go spend above the cap, basically. Um, which not literally, but, you know, doing the restructures and kicking the can down the road and structuring contracts so that you can squeeze more salaries or more players into the current year at the expense of future years um, and at the expense of her pocketbook, right? Because that, all that money that is guaranteed has to be escrowed and funded up front. She has empowered him to do that from 2019, basically until 2022 when he was fired. Um, so she has not been cheap by any stretch of the imagination in any realm of this. And I hate that criticism because it's patently false. And I, like I said, I am extremely critical of Amy's uh, avoidance of the media and her processes for hiring people. But there are some things that she has done really, really well. And, and those things should be correctly attributed in the positive side for her. Okay. I got two questions because I know we're running up against it here. You wanted to blow up. Yes. You want this this offense to evolve, this team to evolve. Say yes for the podcast. Yes. Not nod your head. 
So why is it a bad thing that the coach that did not want to do either of those things is gone? I don't think it necessarily is. I, I think okay. my, my feelings <laughs> on this are, are complicated that I think Vrabel is a good coach. I think he is a winner. I think he does a great job connecting with players, getting the most out of them, all of that. But I also do agree that, Hey, if you could have Ben Johnson here or insert, you know, your offensive play calling head coach du jour, uh, into this thing and make it more progressive, make it a little bit more modern. I think that's great. I, that's exactly where I want this to go. Um, and, and honestly, like, while I do think you could have won big with Vrabel if you had gotten the right quarterback for him and, and the right roster around that quarterback, because I think he's a good coach again. Um, and I think that setup of defensive head coach with an elite quarterback still works in the modern NFL. Five of the, you know, eight division winners this year were non-offensive play calling head coaches. I mean, I know Dan Campbell is technically an offensive head coach, but he does not call plays and he is not like an offensive guru, right? Like, so I'm counting him as a CEO guy. Oh, don't you downplay Dan Campbell like that. He's a rah-rah guy. Like he is Mike Vrabel just with like he played tight end and set linebacker. Like they're the exact same guy. And coach uh, tight ends and the coach, you know, on the offensive side of the yeah, ball. Yeah, but come he was on. never an offensive play caller. He's not a play he's, caller, I agree. But I mean, like, come on. He's he's an offensive guy. I mean, he's Vrabel, the offensive version of Mike Vrabel. Right. But uh, he's I'm not counting him as like an offense. Like he's not a McVeigh, Shanahan, those guys, which are who what we're talking about, like the offensive play calling head coaches. Because uh, a lot of people feel yeah, like that's the only way you can win now. Don't you but, play Dan Campbell like that. I, I like Dan Campbell. I just I just don't think he's that type of coach. He's a CEO, um, which is fine because I think you can win that way. Um, but it makes it infinitely harder when you're trying to develop a young quarterback, if you don't have, because the Texans are about to find this out because I think Bobby Slowick is probably going to get a head coaching job after one year as the offensive coordinator. It makes it a lot harder to develop a young quarterback, which is the, where the Titans are now. If any success you have is then followed by, well, now we've got to replace the offensive coordinator again. Um, and you try to promote from within a lot of times in that situation, but there's no guarantee the next guy is going to have the same, you know, feel for play calling and, and everything like that, that the previous guy did. So it is certainly easier to go offensive. And that is why I think this hire has to be an offensive coach has to be. because if you wanted a CEO or defensive head coach, keep Mike Vrabel, like keep him. <laughs> Unless you want a guy that's like willing to at least entertain the idea of a different style of offense like and i feel like that's kind of like what they're trying to get at but they did change the offense uh, yeah but i mean it still was i felt like it was still like a really just not there yet kind of offense like it was not, I, I agree. struggling it's... with the same kind of deal over there he's struggling here art smith struggling like people surrounded with this because like Bill O'Brien's up there and that's where Tim Kelly learned and they struggled and I get that there's personnel issues and everything but they it's still not looking good like that that kind of like conglomerate is not looking good but I want to get to this because we we got just so much little time so you have to let me get to these I'm gonna have to shut you up a little bit um okay Mike Vrabel goes to the New England Patriots can he sustain and get them to where they need to go with the lack of talent that they have and are you entrusting him to make in his, let's say Ryan Calden or whatever GM is going to be up there to make the right decision at quarterback? 
Um, yeah, I would. I, I mean, by yeah. all reports, they wanted CJ Stroud here, right? Um, that yeah, that until he leaked it and good. ruined everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, who knows what? Maybe he did want CJ Carthon. Whether that was Vrabel, like we can parse all that all you want. I know <laughs> now everyone's going to say everything good was Carthon and everything bad was Vrabel because that's the way this works. But I, I think, I think Vrabel, I would trust him with taking the number two overall quarterback and putting together a team that could win up there. I, I can't wait for Caleb Williams to be forced to be a pocket quarterback and see how that goes. Um, okay, 18. I got a list of 18 head coaches. 18 head coaches. The playoff head coaches and a few outliers that did not make it in. You're going to tell me yes or no. Is Mike Vrabel better than this coach? So is okay. Mike Vrabel better than John Harbaugh? No. Is John Vrabel better than Sean McDermott? Mm. No. I agree. Is uh, Mike Vrabel better than Andy Reid? No. Is Mike Vrabel better than D'Amico Ryans? Ooh, I'm surprised. I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I, I did. I did too. Just because we don't, the story is still real. Yeah, but I think it's a good early. chance that D'Amico Ryans is better. Uh, will be better. Kevin Stefanski. I think Vrabel's better. Okay. Okay. I, I disagree. And that, that's a recent turn of events. Uh, Mike McDaniel. Mm, I'll, I'll go McDaniel. Mike Tomlin. No, he's not better than Tomlin. Kyle Shanahan. No, Ooh, he's not better than Shanahan. Yeah. Okay, Mike McCarthy. Yes, he's better than Mike McCarthy. Okay. I, I think I put Mike McCarthy as a – I think that Mike McCarthy's better, but I'm not – like it's not – it's kind of like on the line for me. Yeah. Dan Campbell. I think if you gave uh, just a quick detour, I think if you gave Mike Vrabel Mike McCarthy's roster, your detours, you're the one with the hard out. He'd absolutely be winning twelve or thirteen games a year. Okay, so right. Dan Dan Campbell. Uh give me Vrabel. Okay. I like okay. Vrabel better. I'm a, I, I just like I just like Dan Campbell. And I don't think it's really a a I think Dan Campbell at least obviously wants to have a different kind of style of offense. That's kind of like where it comes with me, but we'll see. Todd Bowles, obviously he's better than Todd Bowles, right? And I think he's better than Nick Sirianni. Oh, I do. You think think he's better than Nick Sirianni. Sean McVay. No. Okay. Uh, Matt LaFleur. No. I agree. And that's recent too. Zach Taylor. Yeah, I did. Too. I agree that he. Zach no, Taylor, I don't yes. think he's better than Zach Taylor. I, I, Whoa, that's recent I'm as well. surprised by that. Yeah, I've I, come I around yes. on Zach Taylor. Okay. All right. Sean Payton. Mm, no, he's not better than Sean Payton. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think Sean Payton is not as good as way Brace says. Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Rabel the nod there. Yeah, I did too. Pete Carroll. No, he's not better than Carroll. Oh, wow. See, I have Pete Carroll as a yes. Uh, no, as current Carroll, I think you could make an argument, but Carroll's got a huge track record. And Okay, so I have him as the 13th best head coach in the NFL, and you have him as the 12th best head coach in the NFL. Scientifically yeah. figured out of our definitive rankings of Mike Vrabel. So we'll revisit this later on at a later time. That will do it for us. I think it was a very good conversation that we had. Uh, a lot less screaming and yelling, a dissension than I thought uh, that we would have. <laughs> thought there was going to be a cage match. Bluegrass beverages, champagne, liquor, beer, all the stuff that you need, wine, 
bluegrass beverages here in Seville, Tennessee. They are fantastic. Been around over 50 years, longer than Mike Vrabel has had a job in Tennessee. You will see that they give you the utmost modern, innovative, and evolved selections of liquor that you will see in Nashville. Bluegrass Beverages, Hendersonville, Tennessee. That will do it for us. Mike Herndon, you can read his article later, coming out later Wednesday, this Wednesday afternoon at paulkarski.com. Subscribe to that. We're going to have all kinds of stuff over at stackinginbox.com. Probably so much stuff I will be stuck in this office for a long time. Okay, stackinginbox.com. Make sure you subscribe to that. This has been Football and Other F-Words, and you have just been effed.